Hey, people. Thank you for rocking with your host, Sab Jackson, for this week's episode of Bet on a Black Woman. Your ears and your time are appreciated. So thank you for rocking with me this week. Rocking with me again this week. I hope that you are safe and well. I hope that you are continuing to protect your peace and protect your energy. God knows I am. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm still continuing in my efforts of meditation daily. I'm trying to do the daily meditation. If you remember, maybe last episode or the episode before, I talked about the breathing exercises and the meditation exercises that I had been implementing for myself. So I am attempting to do it daily. Some days I am not able to get to it. Initially, I start... Initially, I started out doing it as soon as I wake up, and now sometimes I'm finding myself doing it right before I go into the office that I work at with my mask. Um, And I do that, I I don't do it right before I go into the office with the notion that, okay, today is going to be this really stressful day. I just do it so that I can... um, gather my thoughts, prepare mentally for the day, and to prepare physically for the day. When I do that, when I do a meditation, I feel, I, I feel, when I'm done, I feel very centered and I feel very just ready to take on the day. Uh, so that's my level of self-care on a daily basis. But something else that I did self-care-wise this weekend was I went bike riding. I've done it before, but I haven't done it in a while since I I haven't done it in a while. And uh, and that's in part because for those of you who are new to the uh, Bed in a Black Woman podcast, I had moved in with my sister uh, temporarily and everything that I have is in storage. And my bike is also in storage. So we went and picked up my bike yesterday out of the storage. And we took a nine mile bike ride around a area here in East Dallas called White Rock Lake. And that was a very mind clearing, relaxing ride. My butt hurts, meaning that I need a new seat on my bike because the terrain, the incline, the bumps was just a lot on my derriere. But it was it was nice to uh, spend time with family, my sister, um, and it was ta- it was it was nice to just get out and take in the air, take in the smells. Um, so that was cool. That was really cool. Let's see what else is on my mind. Oh, so the DNC um, with Michelle Obama. Her speech, the Democratic National Convention, was um, aired this past week online. And there is a special place in my heart for the Democratic National Convention because I used to work with the Democratic National Convention when I lived in Charlotte. So I worked on the Obama campaign when I lived in Charlotte. And I also worked with the Democratic National Convention when I was there. I initially, I started with the Democratic National Convention, but then after it left, after it, it left, I got a ro- role on the Obama campaign in North Carolina. So that was pretty dope. 
so yeah, this, there's a special place in my heart for the DNC. I, it, yeah, I used to tweet for the Democratic National Convention back in 2012. I used to, uh, I was given all the speeches before, uh, before they, the, the speakers went on air. I was the person highlighting or taking in all of the important uh, quotes, the the impactful quotes. So like I had all the uh, everybody's speeches who was slated to speak the duration of the convention. So I'm digressing. The point that I'm making is that it was a really cool experience for me back in 2012. I want to bring it back to Michelle Obama because she spoke during the Democratic National Convention this week. And it was the right tone of leadership, the right tone of empathy. Michelle Obama made a lot of people feel, and including myself, feel seen. She made me feel heard in her speech. She had a lot of compassion and acknowledgement, acknowledging how all of us, how how we're all feeling, what we're all feeling throughout these tumultuous times during COVID-19 and during 45's administration. And she didn't mince her words, which a lot of people appreciated. She had that, the, the perfect tone. She will forever be my first lady. Um, her grace, her poise, her intelligence, uh, Again, her empathy, she is a rock star. Uh, she doesn't try to be perfect. She is very, she come, I mean, I don't want to say she's a politician. Her husband is a politician, but she knows how to, po she cashed in her political cachet. Essentially, she is in politics, but she doesn't like politics. But she cashed in her political cachet, speaking to what so many people wanted to hear. So it was just really nice to hear her, to see her. Uh, she had her gold hoop earrings. Like it was just really good to see her. It was very comforting to hear her talk to the nation in that way. I know last, so this episode is again going to be another solo episode. And I mentioned last week that I was mulling having a young lady on, I hadn't reached out to her. And it's not that I didn't want to, I just didn't reach out to her for sheer me being tired this week, work week. <laughs> and I'm going to give get over myself and just forge through and do what I need to do. So for that, I apologize. Um, but I wanted to, I still do, I may still reach out to her. Uh, it was the an essential checklist for Black women applying to jobs. And I just did a brief overview on last week's episode, if you had a chance to listen. I would definitely implore you to listen to episode 19, 18, episode 18. This is episode 19 this week. I wanted to talk to you, though, on that job searching tip, on the job searching note, is I wanted to talk about the tell me about yourself interviewing question that so many interviewers that don't know how to interview because interviewing isn't, you don't, they don't have a class on interviewing. They don't teach you how to interview. And I understand that. However, I want some interviewers and some hiring managers to do better and stop using, stop being lazy 
when they're trying to get to know people or they're trying to interview for that particular job. I think sometimes when they're asking these questions, they aren't asking with the intent of trying to get the questions out about what their needs are for that job. I think that sometimes that they are that they ask the questions that they think that they're supposed to ask. At least that's how I'm feeling right now. And at least that's feel like that's been my experience. The whole tell me about yourself question, it just feels lazy. It's like you're giving, it's like, I don't like that question. I hate it. I loathe it. But what's, you're given a blank slate. It's a very broad, vague question, right? It's very broad. And what recruiters and hiring managers really want to hear when they ask these questions, it isn't necessarily about your life story or your work autobiography or a description of your family. They want to hear what's important to you. They want to hear what you value and what you think is important. And they want to know what you think they must know about you. They want to hear the most important things that they should know about you. And I this is your opportunity to impress them. So that's what I was getting at initially when I said, this is what I like about that. But I don't like this question because it's very lazy. And I just, I'm, I remember one interview where I asked him because he was perplexing me. And I just said, what specifically are, would you like to know as it relates to this job? I just cut straight to the point. <laughs> I'm sure I said it in a better way than that, but I wanted to know what specifically can I answer for you as it relates to this job? Because he wasn't very clear. I think this was, no, not, I think this was the interview that I absolutely hated. And I think I told you, I think I discussed that. I'm pretty sure that I discussed that in a previous episode. But the formula for, based on my research, the formula for the type of reply that goes with this is the reason why an employer should hire you plus the quantifiable impact that you've made on your employers to date. You, you understand what I mean? So like I currently work at XYZ company in XYZ job title where I do XYZ. Um, and then you want to relate it back to your interest and your experience over time. So like I enjoy XYZ type of work because I have this particular skill set um, in my previous roles. I've also done a lot of this, why, this, why, this, why. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I'm just kind of trying to go off the top of my head. And then tell them why you're interested in talking with them about that particular role and why you are interested in exploring this particular area in their company. Those are the things that I, those are the things that I am thinking now, but there is no perfect formula. And I hate this question because it's, it's not a question that they um, need to know, but, but it, but it can also be a question of them just trying to get to know you, but do they really want to get to know you? Because they know whether or not they want to hire you within that within those first couple of seconds that you are walking through that door, first impressions are everything. So they, the, how you are dressed and how you look, how that interaction, they know immediately whether or not they want to hire you. At least that's my opinion. I might be wrong, but I, I don't think that's the case. But 
I thought about playing an audio of an interview that I had. And when she asked me that question. And I'm still ideating and thinking about whether or not I want to do that right now as I record this podcast because I hate listening to my voice. (laughs) I hate listening to myself. And I'm going to be vulnerable and play it for you. No judgments. And you tell me what you think. So I'm going to go ahead and play it now. And you tell me what you think. Yeah, so... uh... That's a vast question, but I I try to think of the best way to explain it. So I am, I consider myself a strategic marketer. I enjoy marketing. I enjoy, uh, like literally on my uh, LinkedIn Mm -hmm. subtitle, I used to say, cut me and I bleed engagement Mm -hmm. because I love to engage and interact and and literally engage with people and meet people and build rapport. That's just been my thing um, for a great portion of my adult life. I've been in Dallas for about five and a half years now by way of North Carolina, by way of Wisconsin is where I'm initially from. And the majority of my roles have been, and I like to point that out, since I've been in Texas, have been contract. Mm -hmm. And it's been more so out of, uh, those are the opportunities that have been presented to me. I am not ending wealthy, at least not yet. So if if something comes opportune, I'm definitely going to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. I've been working with recruiting agencies since I literally touched down in Dallas and my first opportunity was via, um, was contract, was through an agency. And uh, each and every time I took these roles, it was under the guise that this would be tempt to firm or contract to hire. And it just did not turn out that way for all of the roles. And I'm just like, okay, well, uh, so yeah, I have, I have a little more than, uh, I have about 10, 11, 12, 13 years of experience in the marketing, uh, communication, social media space at a variety of organizations from, uh, a smartphone company, which is where I just recently was, um, uh, I've done activation marketing, sports sponsorship marketing. I do not have a sports sponsorship background, but, uh, you know, I am someone who can jump in mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that I can jump into an engineering role, but mm-hmm. if it's a marketing role or a social media role, I can definitely jump in. And, uh, especially if there's opportunity to learn, I'm definitely there. So I've done smartphone, I've done social media, I've done, um, So I'm going to stop you right there. I hate listening to myself. So what did you guys think? I was nervous. I felt like as I'm sitting here listening to it back, I felt like I was kind of rumbling a little bit. I didn't, I didn't implement the quantifiable uh, value of why I didn't explain why I wanted to work there. So I remember I started, I um, went to a gentleman here in Dallas. He works at, it It was through the Dallas Workforce Development People. I think it's not the unemployment people. It's, it's another office that I went to and I forget who it was, but I let him listen to my interviews. And as much as I did not like listening to myself, I let him listen to a good interview and I let, let him listen to a bad interview. And he gave me some very salient advice and very, 
very honest, very, not very, he was, gave me some good critique. And he affirmed that, okay, I am a good interviewer. But, you know, in some instances, when you go to an interview and when you're looking for a job, yes, you're nervous, your nervousness comes out. But at that, at this point, I think I was just over interviewing, <laughs> not over it, but I've done them so much. I just, you know, sometimes, yeah, I, I wanted you to hear that. Uh, <laughs> I am so embarrassed. So this podcast is me being vulnerable and being open. So uh, again, I really appreciate you rocking with me. And I want to know your thoughts on how that sounded. So you can email me on, under the messaging portion of this podcast, under the notes, under the notes, or you can email me at betonablackwoman at gmail.com. All right. So my other thought is I wanted to know how do you spend your day when you're job searching? How do you break down your day? Do you obviously you wake up in the morning, but how do you break down your day? I had to learn the best way to effectively manage my day. So, you know, you wake up in the morning, you exercise. If you exercise, you meditate, you eat your breakfast, you have your you time, you check your emails, then you check the job boards, and then you start applying for jobs for maybe like an hour or two, maximum two. Then you go into possibly researching companies for maybe another hour. Then you send networking emails, if possible. Then you take time for lunch. Take time to eat. Go out with your mask. Go eat lunch is what I'm saying. And then you come back. You engage on LinkedIn for about 30 minutes to an hour. About, probably about an hour. Yeah. And meaning you like, you comment, you find some opportune content to share. And then... Um, you come back, maybe job search a little bit more and find some roles that you are interested in. But this is just me. And you just make note. These are the roles that I am interested in. But the point that I'm making is you have to make a daily plan, a daily schedule for yourself as you job search. Because I don't want you, I made the mistake when I initially started is I was sitting in front of that computer all the time thinking, okay, I mean, I was doing more than just job searching. I was on LinkedIn, but I didn't set up a specific schedule for myself on a daily basis. But after, as the job search progressed on, I did set a schedule for myself. So the point that I'm making here is set up a timed schedule for yourself when you're searching because it will consume you. Also make sure that, and, and I'll talk about this at the end, when I give my motivational motivational quote to you. Stay in touch with your people. Like stay in touch with, you know, friends, family. And again, I'll talk about that at the end. But the point that I want to make, drive home again, is to set a schedule for yourself so you aren't driving yourself crazy on a daily basis. You want to make sure that you have a structure for yourself. So right now, yeah, you're probably job searching and your days are kind of just blending together. But set up a schedule Again, a plan for yourself in your job searching efforts. Okay. So next, I want to talk to you about the bet on her segment. And this is the segment where I want to highlight, my goal is to highlight a black woman uh, 
in highlighting black women black highlighting a black woman in her career transition journey so if you are a black woman and you are in career transition or if you are job searching please shoot me an email at betonablackwoman at gmail.com and let me know your name what kind of roles you're looking for and your experience i just want to know about you so that we can shout you out or get you on the podcast i would absolutely love to get you on the podcast okay it's called the bet on her segment and in previous on the and previous bet on her segments, I've interviewed women in their job transition. That's the goal. I would ideally like to interview someone or just sit and talk for about, I don't know, however long, but just sit and talk with you about what it is that you're going through, how bet on a black woman can be a resource for you and help throughout this transition. Um, I just want to know about you in your job search. All right. So bet on a black woman at gmail.com if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. And I just want to enclose the episode with a, I want you to stay vigilant. I want you to stay vigilant in your job search because I want you to know that I see you. I feel you. I understand you. We're going to get through this. You're going to get through this. I want you to know that you will get through this. And in, there are times where it just seems like there, is, there isn't a light at the end of the tunnel, but there is. You will land or you will get to that opportunity that you so desire. So there's a few quotes that I found that I wanted to read to you. It says, learning, learn how to shift your ability to go from problem solving to accepting by practicing mindfulness. The next one is some things are about letting go and acceptance to help you on your healing self-care journey. Learn how to forgive and to properly atone those things in your life that you haven't been able to do right. And then with that said, it's important to remember that any emotional work and trauma you are working through requires a support system. And remember when I mentioned that earlier, So four questions for self-reflection. Who makes up my community? Who is my support system? Who is my village? And who is my family? You have to, I think you should try to get a support system and that's what the goal is for Better Than a Black Woman. I want this episode to be your solace or your support system. Uh, because I want you to know whatever it is you are going through in your transition that I can relate. A lot of other black women can relate. And we just need to support each other throughout this journey. You need to find your community. You need to find your tribe because you don't want to do this alone. It can consume you. Find your village and your family. If you have family that you can talk to throughout this journey, that would be very helpful if sometimes you just want people to hear you, to hear you. Sometimes you just want to vent. I remember there were times where I just, I called my aunt Cheryl and I called her to vent about what I was going through and that was cathartic. And she used to be like, just go ahead and get it out, Sabrina, get it out with me and not someone else and not during your job interview. (laughs) So with that, I hope that you found value in today's episode. 
And I'd certainly love to hear from you. So please go on Apple Podcasts and rate, subscribe. If you found value in it, please share. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher and most of your podcast listening platforms. So thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. And I love you for tuning in. And I'll catch you next week. Bye.